Welcome to the first ever Big Fat Gay Podcast Chubby Awards. Yay. I am your co-presenter, Michael Willer, and we have a very special show for you today. And to my left, we have returning from his battle with the flu, <laughs> Don Marshall. Yes, it is in fact me, uh, despite the fact that I sound just a little bit like Kathleen Turner. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy to be here at the first Chubby Awards. I'm very excited to see what everyone's wearing today. <laughs> I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm a Chubby Chaser, author and public speaker, and definitely excited for the Chubbies. Ooh, do you do you have a Chubby for the Chubbies? I, I, I think I might. <sighs> it had to happen, Trevor. I know. <laughs> it was uh, inevitable. And to the... the- right or left left the le- to the left of dan is me <laughs> in a, a beautiful gown designed by christian serrano um <laughs> say otherwise so many so many little details in this that you are missing out on yes i but- see that dan is wearing a tux by versace today wow yes i'm very impressed mm-hmm. michael you've decided to record completely naked today uh, no i have a sure. zipper but i'm not telling you where Oh. It's a, a very realistic skin suit. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to be having a raffle for various <laughs> audience members to come in and find the zipper. Oh, but not. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to raise funds for our Moving next on. No, we, the guy on the side is giving us the stretch symbol. Yeah. So we got to oh. keep. No, no, it's the move along. The stretch symbol means keep milking it. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it actually does. Take two. Um, so uh, our episode today is going to be a little bit different. And uh, we decided that. Um, we have so many amazing uh, moments in media, film, TV, live performances with fat people. And uh, we wanted to highlight some of those that meant a lot to us over uh, the last year, 2019. So, Trevor, do you want to tell us a little bit more about how this came about and what we're going to be doing? Yeah, I mean, part of this was just in coming up with the the, the podcast um, and looking at issues. You know, we wanted to accentuate the positive just because there is a lot of, you know, Mm. oh this is terrible or you know at at the best so far it's been like well it's something Mm. which i think will be um probably if we ever do merch that will be one of the (laughs) (laughs) it's something it's i mean it's something yeah um but yeah so uh actually we um conceived to do an award show kind of because we are in award season um this will be airing right before the oscars Mm -hmm. so we have um we kind of all looked at things we enjoyed from the year people shows musicians musicians live performances live performances yeah um, just people who are really pushing the boundaries yeah and just because we don't bring someone up doesn't mean we don't respect their work yeah, yeah. it's just uh, i think actually we'll probably post um i mean we we're going over basically everything that yeah. you could think of from the year and all so you have a little resource guide for pet, fat positive media we'll, we'll list everything we were considering um, and I think probably on, on the website, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. On the website, we'll have basically a list of nominees. Um, so we each get two chubbies to hand out, maybe three, maybe. Um, but uh, I think we're just going to go around and present for our favorite. Some of our favorite things. Actually, yes. we have one uh, chubby right here. We it's have a, one. Yeah. Kind of have, you should oh, see it. Oh, no, I dropped it. No, oh, no. Well, it's, <laughs> but you know what? They're really sturdy. So. Yeah. Well, they're chubbies. Yes. I actually want you to splice on like a heavy thud <laughs> for it when I dropped it. So I am going to hand off to Don, our first presenter for the evening. Would you like to uh, start us off with our first chubby who, who, ever? Who does Don have a chubby for? <laughs> or who would you like to give a chubby to? Well, I wanted to bring up somebody who I think uh, was brought in as a maybe a bit character or supporting role in a pretty iconic series. And then really ascended to become a co- basically the, the other half of the show. 
uh, Titus Burgess. Oh. Um, yeah. The Unbreakable Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. Excellent. He started off as a very sort of two-dimensional uh, flip character of a stereotypical gay black man, I guess, and grew exponentially in every way you could imagine. He was amazing. Um, and the level of talent that he got to display on that show is really a first in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You get to see him uh, not just act, but his uh, his singing, the videos they made mm-hmm. with him were unbelievable. Um, so getting to see a large man not only rise up and become noticeable in a show, but begin to carry the show yeah. was really a treat. And get a love interest. Get mm. a serious love interest yeah. over multiple seasons yeah. with, with complexity to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of that, especially not with a gay man. Mm-hmm. Oh, a, a gay man and a fat gay man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A, a fat gay black man. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, this just, is, there's so there's so much like about Titus that is just so amazing mm-hmm. and so many firsts and so many things to just celebrate. Yep. And I feel like his character started. I mean, one of my favorite TV shows ever is 30 Rock. And he played a character on that show also named Titus, I believe. Right, Trevor? And I feel like that might have been the sort of impetus for uh, like the, getting the into Kimmy Smith. Yeah, like because he, uh, the show is also produced by Tina Fey, who mm-hmm. he worked with on Thirty Rock, and he mm-hmm. just had a couple guest parts. And then they came back after Thirty Rock ended and gave him this supporting role. And then even from then, he worked up to being one of like the co leads of Kimmy Schmidt, which is fantastic. And I think just really rests on his shoulders as being an amazing performer. Yeah. Um, and also to the credit of the show for giving him real things to do and, and real Kimmy Schmidt ending in 2019. I really look forward to see what else he might go move on to. I haven't seen a lot from him since then, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that's because he's working on something big. Yeah. So good luck to you. And, uh, do now I don't quite remember cause I, I've only seen the first two seasons of Kimmy Schmidt. Maybe I watched the last one, but do they don't do fat jokes about him? Do they? I don't, uh, it is acknowledged and sometimes some people try and slip in uh, slams on him. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I recall correctly, he always responds. He never lets it slide past and he always gets the upper hand, hmm. which was really nice to see. Yeah. Congratulations to uh, Titus Burgess and Kimmy Schmidt for having such an amazing uh, performance and portrayal. And we have your chubby here for you to pick up since you weren't able to arrive in person today. Or Dan <laughs> or I will deliver it in person, whichever you prefer. Gladly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next up, we have another chubby coming from our own Dan. What would you like to uh, recognize? So I wanted to recognize The Magicians, uh, which is a urban fantasy story airing on sci-fi. And it's based on the novels by Lev Grossman. The show is created by Sarah Gamble and John McNamara. uh, And I wanted to recognize it for really outstanding body diversity and fat visibility. What I really love about it is the show doesn't just show diversity, which would be great in and of itself. it shows people with different bodies and abilities and then showcases those show actually capitalizing on those differences. Mm-hmm. For example, there's a wonderful actress named Jolene Purdy. She's a big, beautiful, uh, Hapa actress. Oh, so it's, um, one of my people. Yeah. So, uh, half white, half, half, uh, Asian. She's actually half Japanese and half Jewish. And on the magician, she plays this, uh, character named Shoshana. What's important is that she does this great physical comedy in that role. That's not about being fat, but just being about her own express, her own self-expression as an actress. Uh, another character that just came up is, uh, played by Zach Cherry. You, he's a big bearded man of color. You might recognize him from Spider-Man Homecoming. He's, he plays the street vendor, like the hot dog vendor who looks up and says, Hey, 
Are you oh. the Spider-Man guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that guy. <laughs> and Spider-Man says, <laughs> yeah. And he says, do a backflip. <laughs> What's interesting is how he gets used in The Magicians is that he plays Frankie, this hacker magician who specializes in probability magic. So the main characters hire him as an expert to plan an impossible heist. And he actually directs the main characters. He's masterminding this, mm. which again is unusual to see. Usually a, a character of size and character of color wouldn't be the brains behind the operation yeah. directing all this, especially as a secondary character. You talked about that previously about having, a, the, you never see fat people who actually get to be authority figures uh, or at least incompetent ones. Uh, exactly. Or, yeah, they can be competent evil ones. <laughs> sure. They can't be competent good ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing about The Magicians is the character of Josh Hoberman, who's played by uh, Trevor Einhorn, whom you might know as he was the kid, Frederick, in the series Frasier. Oh, wow. So he's, he's still all, acting. He's all grown up now. <laughs> That's so goth. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in The Magicians. And what's interesting about that is, so the character of Josh is kind of, He's the sidekick. He's the background character. He's the guy who supplies the weed. It's actually <laughs> part of his character. And the show did this amazing thing where they actually acknowledge that. And then through a music video starring him, bring him into like, no, you're a main force in this quest that all the characters are going through. And it's really wonderful to see him go from a side character that sort of blossomed in this huge role. And, you know, now he's um, in the current season, he's dating Margot, who is drop dead gorgeous, played by Summer Bashiel. Hmm. And, you know, her other name is Queen Margot the Destroyer. <laughs> she's highly sexually aggressive. She can get any man she wants and she doesn't want a lot of them because hmm. she's real picky. Mm -hmm. And she wants Josh. Awesome. Well, congratulations to the magicians for their chubby award. Again, we'll deliver it if you want. <laughs> and next up, we have Trevor. So I have to give a chubby to shrill mm, which course. yeah shrill filled the diet land sized hole in our hearts mm -hmm. uh moment of silence for diet land drop in a little the sped up said piano music here <laughs> so shrill is based off uh the memoir of the same name by lindy west and it is about a young woman played by Aidy bryant who is kind of you know she's fat she's trying to find her way into the world uh she works at uh her local newspaper and she is trying to get taken seriously. And it's just kind of refreshing to see someone who looks like me on screen and also seeing someone who interacts in the world and goes through the same kind of gets the same interactions. You know, she uh, is at a coffee shop. She's taking a picture of a ad for an exercise class that she thinks is funny. And the woman is in the coffee shop and comes up to her and like, oh, you know, there's a thin person inside of you uh, dying to get out. Yeah. I can help you live the life that you wish you were living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we finally kind of see this shift in her life in the fourth episode where um, she goes to a fat pole party mm. and it is one of the most amazing, I think pieces of television I've seen in my entire life Oh, because you see her go through this change walking to the pool party. She's so uncomfortable and she's, conflicted because she just sees all these fat bodies that look like her and everyone's celebrating their size. A.D. Bryant's, you know, shifting. She's uncomfortable. She eventually starts talking to some people and they try to get her to dance. And she, you know, they pull her out on the dance floor. She goes away. They pull her back out. She goes away. They pull her back. And the final time you see her just release and you see all of this tension melt away and she's dancing mm. and just being self-expressed. 
And then, you know, you see her go back to her friends and she is just full of energy. So exciting. She's like, you know, I just, I just need to get in the pool. And she strips down and she's in this <laughs> striped bathing suit, jumps into the pool. And during this uh, event, she's missing a mandated uh, work exercise event. And she gets uh, dressed down by her boss after that. And, you know, it ruins this moment she has. And she goes home to her roommate. And there's this really amazing monologue. I honestly, I don't even blame her because because it's a fucking mind prison, you know, that every fucking woman everywhere has been programmed to believe, you know, and I've wasted so much time and energy and money for what? For what? You know, I'm fat. I'm fucking fat. Hello. I'm fat, you know? Yeah, I wish someone would have said this to me when I was younger. Me too. Because it would have saved me so much time and pain. Which then inspires her to write an essay called Hello, I'm Fat and post it on the newspaper's website without permission. Hmm. The, the episode's called Pool because, you know, it's about this pool party. But we open up with her as a little girl on vacation with her mom, played by Julia Sweeney, who again love to see Julia Sweeney back in the world. Definitely. Um, and trying to get her to go to the pool. And she's like, oh, you know, like, I don't really want to like, and I have kind of felt that as a kid, you know, being the little fat kid, you don't want to go to the pool. You just don't want to have to have that moment of vulnerability of like, okay, am I going to be in a swimsuit and possibly get made fun of? Um, but so the episode closes with AD Bryant going to sleep. And then we go back to her as a kid and it's nighttime and she sneaks out and goes to the pool alone. And it closes with her sitting in the pool just free and at peace lovely wow and the show just i mean picks up from there it's such such an amazing show i don't want to give too much away the writing is on point yes and it's i I will one of the things i won't forget is the final episode yes where she confronts somebody who has been most cruel to her yes and the scene again i don't want to give anything away but the scene takes a direction where you see where it's supposed to go because that's the way fat people are supposed to act when this happens. And it takes a radically different direction that I felt was much more realistic to my life. Mm. Yes. So and I really enjoyed that. The, and the, the writing, the ca- I mean, the cast is amazing. The writing's amazing. Uh, especially Julie, the character of her mom played by Julia Sweeney, all of just the little moments and, you know, the little comments and the, I mean, it's so yeah. perfect because I think every fat person is, gotten those little the chinese picks, water the torture. Little picks, yeah, yeah the little little things and you know oh well, we don't really need that mm-hmm. and julie Swain is such a perfect casting for that she is so sweet but it is you know it is that i'm doing this because i love you mm-hmm. um but so all the chubbies for shrill for the the cast for lindy west for the writers yeah uh, all the chubbies I really, I haven't seen it yet. And you've been telling about it. Don and Trevor have been telling me about it for so long. And I know I, but that actually hearing about that pool episode gave yeah. me chills. So I, I am totally sold. I have to go watch that. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay, Michael. So what? All right. So I guess I'm up next. Um, going back to, I think it was episode two. We were talking a lot about actors who don't get chances, who don't get chances at actual serious roles to play. And uh, one of my favorite things last year that popped up unexpectedly um, was the movie Richard Jewell with Paul Walter Hauser playing the titular character. I wasn't going to see it actually because there's all of the, you know, sticky politics with Clint Eastwood and 
I had heard that I just shouldn't see it. And then, of course, with how they sort of slanted the portrayal of the female reporter and all of that's fair. But I want to focus specifically on how they wrote and performed the, the part of Richard Jewell, which was one of the one of the most like, I think, deft performances by a fat actor that I've seen where they touched on real subjects not just related to his body or his size, but also had aspects of that peppered in that were supporting his journey as a character and weren't just there to make fun of his body or make fun of him. His performance is subtle. It's funny at times. It's heartfelt. It, it has a build from start to finish. It is just a powerhouse. And being able to watch a, a fat actor playing a, a role that is taken so seriously and treated so seriously by the writers, by the filmmakers, uh, you forget for a long time that it's anything but a drama. It's not a fat drama. It's just him doing this sort of Oscar bait role. And that's exactly what I had been asking for, um, you know, a few weeks ago. And I went and saw it after we, after we recorded that episode and I was blown away and I know Trevor and Dan, you guys went and saw it as well. I don't, Don, I don't think you ever got to not. got a chance to yeah. see it. But I mean, um, I had a lot of problems with the movie, but you're absolutely right about that performance. Mm -hmm. He is glorious in that role. And it is so, it is so moving because you, you get the character as a human being. And yeah, the human being is going through life in this body and that has consequences in our world. Mm -hmm. And there were, I, there were so many opportunities to where, you know, we're another writer, another director where they could play there was stuff where they could play it up for laughs mm -hmm. and they handle it so gingerly and so well and uh i loved so paul walter hasner was also in itania where he mm -hmm. he was stuck in this role of the fat joe character but you could see his talent and it was like you hate to see when people get stuck in joke roles and i yeah. think this is a wonderful opportunity for him to showcase his talent and i hope we get to see more of him I hope uh, he's going to be in the live action Cruella DeVille movie, which mm. I'm excited for, for so many different <laughs> reasons. Cause I, I'm curious to see them spin wanting to make a coat out of puppies into a likable character. A la Melissa Fent. Yeah. Um, That's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. But I'm hoping that given what I think they're going to try to do with Cruella that, you know, he's playing the, I think Horace is the fat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Henchman. Henchman. you know there's a promo picture of emma stone as corella deville and then i don't know the other jasper maybe is yeah, the, the, Jasper's the character yeah. and paul walter hosner in on a motorcycle um so i'm hoping we get to see him like more than you know the fat joe character maybe he'll get to that that's you know these will all be stepping stones to him get to do some really great stuff i totally agree and one of the things that i wanted to add to just the discussion of his sort of career and the fact that he's getting these big roles now um, is that having, you know, having dated a fat actor um, a lot of times what he would hear uh, when he would audition for parts that weren't just, you know, playing the fat joke was you're not old enough. You know, you, you need basically t people telling him you have to be a character actor, which means you're, you know, over 45 mm -hmm. and you're playing, you know, like either a villain or a supporting role that's memorable or quirky or whatever. And he was always told that he wasn't old enough that, you know, like if you're going to play the Southern preacher who's evil, mm. well, you have to be, you know, 60. And the fact that Paul Walter Hauser at this time of recording is 33 years old and getting a starring role 
in a drama is fantastic. And I'm so excited to see where his career goes because I think Itania was a year ago mm-hmm. uh, and his role in that movie was just I remember him in it, He's but, literally every scene he's in, he's eating. It's yeah. just we don't yeah. see him not eating. Yeah. Every scene he's in, yeah. he's eating. And, you know, we can... I'm sure Dan and I will probably disagree on how Richard Jewell handled that aspect of the storyline. But I, for me, the, oh, maybe we won't. I don't think we haven't won't. actually talked about this yet. No. So um, if I might take up a little more time, I actually really liked how they handled sort of food and eating in Richard Jewell because they could have left it out. They could have left that aspect of uh, his character out entirely. Uh, and I don't think it necessarily needed to be in the movie. But they did have a couple specific scenes where food was addressed, where they made it a character moment for him based on the story that was happening and not just, oh, he's fat, therefore he eats. Yeah, because the when you have a fat character in any piece of media, there's always the potential minefield of, you know, them eating. Right. Which is the mm-hmm. go to. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a long film. There's scenes where he's eating. But what I thought was great was he is not the only one eating. And the thin character eats so much crap too. Right. Mm. And you kind of get more of an idea of like, Oh no, this is kind of a regional thing. Right. Or this is, this is the world that we're in. Well, I'll take it a step further. Cause what I took away from the movie was, you know, at the very beginning before anything's happened, maybe you'll see him eating lunch with somebody, but once the investigation happens and for people who don't know, Richard Jewell is somebody who uh, discovered a bomb uh, during the Atlanta Olympics and uh, helped, you know, with a bunch of other security help to save some people's lives. And then the FBI started investigating him. And there was a, a news report that came out about him that started sort of slandering him and um, eventually sued uh, because he wasn't the bomber uh, and won the lawsuit later. But um, his the investigation that happened just ruined his life for like two months. Um, and this movie is about that. And as soon as the investigation starts, you don't see him eat anything. Mm. And that's the most of the movie. He doesn't eat anything and he's holding on to all of this stress and all of this tension. He's trying to take care of his mother. He's trying to make sure that the FBI don't hate him because he's trying to be helpful. He's he's shrinking inwards and he's becoming less and less of a human being. And I think one of the subtler ways they decided to show that was that he doesn't eat anything for the I mean, he obviously in real life he did, but the movie chooses not to show that until the very end where he finally gets the very last letter that says you're free and we're not investigating you anymore. And he finally takes, well, it, it's not that he gets the letter and he starts eating. It's that he, he and another character are at a diner at a diner. Yeah. And that's when the letter They're comes. there and he has, he literally has a plate of food in front of him that he hasn't touched. And then he finally gets news. And in my theater, uh, people did start laughing because he takes a bite. And again, like, I think it's like what you said about fat Thor, that's on them. Because the filmmakers stay on the shot of him and it's not about the food. It's about his reaction. It's about his emotional release. Yes, and the thin mm-hmm. character sitting directly across from him is eating almost yeah, the same thing. So yeah. not, he's, I mean, it's not like the guy, well, not like the thin guy's having the salad. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. It was making no point about what food he was eating. It was about the fact that he can finally be human again. Mm-hmm. And it's they stay on the shot of him. They don't cut to other people like, mm-hmm. you know, laughing. They don't cut to other people, judge it. They don't rolling their eyes, whatever. They stay on him and you see his, he starts crying. Because it's finally over. Mm-hmm. And that was the point of that moment, I thought. I don't know if well, you just, you see the, rela- I mean, I think it's a good way to, I mean, you could have him have a drink. You could, I mean, there's so many different ways to do it, but I just think that a mundane thing is, you know, taking a bite of something and then that release during that. Mm-hmm. When you haven't seen him eating through yeah. that whole ordeal. You, they made a point that he doesn't 
eat during the investigation that they, I mean, it's not, again, I don't want to sell the movie. Like it's about him and his weight and his eating. It's, this is like a minor aspect of what's going on in the movie. It's much more about how he's taking care of his mother and dealing with the cops. Oh, I was picturing a hunger strike of some sort. Okay. No, no, no. no. It's the filmmakers are making a point not to show me he in his journey. It's not a, it's not about that at all. They are making a point to show that aspects of his, he's not being treated as a human anymore. And he is, he is having to basically retreat into his life and he, can't feel human until it's over. Yeah. And granted that's an interpretation, but I think Michael's accurate when he says that the filmmaker is no longer interested in the mundane habits of the character. Mm-hmm. Once that investigation begins mm-hmm. and once the investigation is over and he's been exonerated, he can go back to some of those more mundane aspects of human existence. Like, you know, eating. Yeah. Literally a thing you have to do to live. Yeah. When I think it's, I mean, part of the reason it just seems so integral is because fat people in movies food is such a weird thing and how it's handled it's a landmark. like yeah. and richard jewel did a good job because it's like yes fat people eat because everyone eats and mm-hmm. it's not like the you know looking at richard jewel how his character interacts with food versus i tell you where it's literally just he's i mean not only always eating but he has food in his mouth and in scenes in where nobody else is a nobody else is eating and b it's like we're doing like a walk and talk through a hallway yeah uh, but he has food in his mouth. Like it was, it was just there to show that he's a in, fat in other movies. Yeah. In I, Tanya. Yeah. In in I, I Tanya. specifically I Tanya. Yeah. This ba- same it's... actor playing basically the exact opposite type of role. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I have taken up enough time, but thank you to Paul Walter Hauser and the writers of that, of uh, Richard Jewell, because I appreciated how his part was written, even though I, that movie I'm has I'm imagining Michael now cutting in like music over himself <laughs> to like <laughs> play himself out. No, that, that happened like five minutes ago. I'm not sure where that cane came from. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. So on to Don, who would get next? All right. So I wanted to try to find someone in the world of reality shows to give a chubby to. Mm-hmm. This is not easy. <laughs> Uh, have you ever done a deep dive into reality no. TV? I pride myself in not doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I, I try to avoid it. It's a good thing. Now, try to find a large person in reality television who isn't being defined by their attempt at weight loss. Uh, right? it's, it's it's difficult stuff Are you to telling watch. us that you found one? I, yeah, I mean, so I can think of like two. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's two more than I, I wonder. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering if it's the same. Like two. sealed envelope. Uh, okay. Well, okay. So, hold on. Uh, is there a way to do this? To, uh, no. Okay. Yep. Trevor, maybe text me while Don's going. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I touched on RuPaul's Drag Race, which occasionally has uh, much larger contestants that are competent, that are treated just like everyone else, that looks good. Um, but it wasn't really about them, right? It's about sort of a an art they're presenting, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually the only one I could, f- the only one I could find and feel good about is, uh, Nicole Byers on nail. <laughs> I just, never got, he just texted me, yep. Nicole Byer. Got it in one. Yep. Nice. Good guess. Um, now the show itself, um, it's, I, I know nothing about this. Okay. So the show nailed it is based off the internet meme where someone shows the recipe they were trying to make. So like this an ornate cake and then the awful, terrible little stunted oh. thing that they actually made <laughs> and they right, nailed it underneath. So on this show, they are presented with a cake, usually, that is, there is no way people at this skill level could possibly make. <laughs> they are not given enough time to make the actual cake, and they just have to do the best they can with what they've got. So people who burn water try to make a wedding cake. Yes, yeah. exactly. What um, could go wrong? But the show is constructed in a way where you are not laughing at them. They are part of the joke. They are in on it. They're doing their best. Everyone knows that. So it's actually sort of a warm 
fun, uh, sort of just a crazy little kitchen atmosphere, mm-hmm. which is a pleasure to watch. Nicole Byer is a very large woman. And when you're talking about a cooking reality show, you're going to be like, ah, oh, crap, they're going to have her eating everything. And it's just going to be about her being so fat because she's all this stuff. But it's not. Um, everyone, all the, all the hosts have to eat the food that's being put in front of them. Clearly there are a lot of these dishes that no one wants to be eating (laughs) (laughs) and they have to anyway, her size is a part of the show. It is not ignored. Uh, but it's her personality and her size permeate the show. Um, her interactions, she's, she's made it a big part of her brand. Yeah. Um, she's a stand-up comedian and she actually has, um, a podcast called, why won't you date me? Um, where she's <laughs> oh, kind of, now I know about, who this yeah. is. Okay. Uh, and she does, I think on the podcast, talk about being part of the round world on mm-hmm. the, the, the heterosexual side. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. the show is not flawless for the, for the larger audience. Um, in the show started with two larger co-hosts and at the beginning of the show, one of the two co-hosts lost a lot of weight very quickly. The show handled it in a very nice way. We're like, it's addressed because you can see it, but it's not praised. It's not shamed. It's just mentioned in passing. And then they continue on. It's just acknowledged because people are going to acknowledge it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's done in a very healthy way and it's just, it's pleasant. Now, not only do I have to acknowledge it just because she does a good job as a host for this particular, uh, strange show that not any, not everyone could host. Uh, but because when I took a look at hosts in general, Across all shows, where do you find another large one that's been picked to lead a show ever? Mm. She's the only one I could find. So as far as like being a trailblazer, leading into new frontiers, we're going to, we're going to drop in another in memorial for uh, guy Branham's talk show, the game show. Yes. Oh, Fast, yeah. Spit up. <laughs> sad. <piano. laughs> I am not familiar with that one. It was a lovely show that I think was, I think it was too smart for the too, channel was on and also they didn't promote it enough. It's too hip for the room. It was basically. What if a talk show gave points to the people being interviewed for how well they perform on a talk show? Mm. And it's called Talk Show, The Game Show. Okay. And he was the host? And Guy Branham, who is a beautiful, huge gay man, was the host. And um, there were judges and it was was amazing. And they would get points as they they did the interview. Basically, the game show aspect was you were trying to be the best talk show guest. So they were like... You know, going into the tropes of like, oh, bringing a gift for the guest and then name dropping. But you don't want to name drop too much because then you lose points. <laughs> right. Having a show to promote. Yes. Uh, not but not promoting too many projects. Where, where was this? It was on a true TV. Oh, uh, well, yeah. <sighs> Fuck. I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> to. They've got Adam ruins everything. I like that one. So Nicole Byer. Nailed yeah, it. I think that's excellent. Amazing. Well, congratulations, Nicole. Mm-hmm. And Don, uh, Dan, sorry, uh, who's your next your next pick for the chubby? So I wanted to give a chubby to a company. Oh, and I was looking at like, who are there any companies that are really doing good work in uh, size acceptance or fat activism or just helping out? Because we talk about so often that companies get it wrong. And I thought of a lot of things. I thought of like Nike had those plus size mannequins. I mean, you can almost measure how much good they're doing for fat acceptance by how much hate mail they get from the trolls. (laughs) So yeah, Nike took a huge beating over that. Um, Unilever and uh, Dove's campaign, their self-esteem project, giving money, uh, talking about girls and eating disorders and and body dysmorphia. I don't know if we talked about this. Uh, ModCloth. ModCloth did this radical move. They're an online clothing company. Oh, yeah. And they got rid of plus size, not the sizes, 
they got rid of plus size as a category. Oh. So if you like, and again, it tends to be women's clothing, but like if you, if you were looking for a size 34, you, you know, dress size, you didn't have to look in the plus size section. You just looked in the section that had all the sizes. Yeah. I like that. They sort of de they de ghettoized. Mm. That's the first thing that came to my mind. It's like I always feel like I'm fat shopping in the fat ghetto. Yeah, because they want you. Know. Know, they want to make it real clear that oh, the fat sizes over there where the where the freaks are, but the normal people can. Well, you can be here, mm -hmm. and yet that is not my winner. Oh. Uh, I think the the fat Nike mannequin just stormed out of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was just these are the like who I was considering because th there's a, there has been a lot of good work and they deserve to be uh, acknowledged. But I thought of you know was there a company that really made a huge difference in people's lives? Like it's great to show fat people in photographs. Did that change anybody's life? Maybe maybe gave somebody a lift. But I wanted to give uh, an award for outstanding company for size acceptance to Southwest Airlines mm. because that literally changes what people can do on a daily basis. That fat mm -hmm. people of a certain size can get on a plane and not feel like they've been held hostage by the price. Or, you know, if they can't afford a second seat, Southwest gives them that seat for free. And I think they were also the first, I, they may still be the only, but I know they're the first airline that allowed you to book two seats without talking to anybody about it. And I just wanted to give them credit for having changed a policy that serves everyone and has now become an industry leader. Here, here. Congratulations to Southwest. Yeah. All right, Trevor. I have to give a chubby to Lizzo. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, we've, I feel like we've ended up talking about Lizzo maybe, maybe every episode. I don't know. A lot. Pretty. Yeah. Um, Liz, I mean, that was like, I did the Spotify year in review and as I was going through, keeping like Lizzo, Lizzo, <laughs> Juice by Lizzo, <laughs> Juice the album by Lizzo, <laughs> Lizzo. But specifically, I mean, Lizzo is a tour de force. She's gorgeous. She owns her size. She dances and sings and then runs across stage and go breaks into a flute solo. <laughs> and I mean, her her VMA performance this year was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, I'm not normally a big award show person. I usually end up watching the VMAs because. Tavern, the bite your tongue. You know, well, except that's changed except now, that I have to, now that I except for the chubbies. <laughs> I watch the chubbies every year. Yes. Uh, how? <laughs> <laughs> um, everything about it was just so empowering. So I, it sounds silly because the, the giant inflatable ass, <laughs> I mean, a full crew of backup dancers that are fat and beautiful. And then Lizzo breaks out into a little speech. Let me talk to y'all for a second. I'm tired of the bullshit. And I don't have to know your story to know that you're tired of the bullshit too. It's so hard trying to love yourself in a world that doesn't love you back. Am I right? So I want to take this opportunity right now to just feel good as hell. Because you deserve to feel good as hell. She pushes everyone to love themselves so hard. And I mean, I've seen people be like, you know, I want to love myself as much as Lizzo wants me to love myself. <laughs> um, I, love I mean, that. it That's is wonderful. just That's so, so such a powerful message. And she is just so dedicated to it and just really pushing. Uh, and I mean, getting so much backlash and still pushing forward to loving herself and wanting people to love themselves. And also, I mean, juice. I, 
<laughs> I could I could listen to that as like if I could only listen to one song ever again, it would be Juice. It's your Desert um, Island song. Yes. If I could add one thing in there that something else I see there see her doing. Yes. That I've never seen an artist do before. Um, we watched a video that she made where halfway through the video she's eating Cheetos. Right. It's not a focus on it, but she's doing it. Mm-hmm. The VMA awards, the big ass she's dancing in front of. Right. This is the I've seen artists before who have been large and have continued on in the face of intolerance mm-hmm. and been a shining example. This is the first artist I feel like is flipping the bird mm-hmm. to people who've been trying to put her down. This is the first one I feel that's pushing back. Yes. And that made me, I love seeing that. I was going to say that, I mean, I don't know where nearly as well as, as you guys, but in the photos I've seen, I love that she's doing that in her wardrobe as well, Uh that she's, you know, she's wearing stuff that, you you know, she shouldn't be wearing and she is, and she looks stunning. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of that, of that meme that used to be going around the internet of like how to get a beach body, take your body to the beach. That's how you get a beach body. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you, how do you look good in great clothes? Well, step one, get great clothes Mm -hmm. and then dress yourself in them. Yeah. So I I just love that. Just love that. (laughs) Uh, unfortunately, I I don't think Lizzo can fit the the chubby in her little purse. That was also <laughs> just an amazing thing. I don't. Did you see? She I can't remember what. Um, but it was on the red carpet, and she had like her purse was a like Barbie doll purse, <laughs> and she was just walking around <laughs> holding it between two fingers, and it was the most amazing thing ever. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I mean, even on the like uh, the red carpet awards. Every once in a while, you have a larger actress who has such a hard time finding someone to make a dress for her. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's obscene. And then when she shows up, she looks stunning, but the dress is always sort of designed to conceal. Always. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. conceals the body. She's not showing up in that dress. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Or even, I mean, this uh, at the the Grammys. So she had this gorgeous, tight, white dress that kind of showcased everything. And then her dress on stage was this gorgeous black jeweled gown but it just was massive just it i mean it wasn't doing that it was yeah. almost accentuating everything it was almost that like a pre-french revolution yeah. like showcasing size and taking up space yeah. oh i have to look that up yeah I what, want to see that. what i saw there is she challenges people to take on the idea of what if you dressed as though your body were already perfect mm-hmm. what if your body were already perfect and that's how you dress to show it off. Yeah. Well, I don't think I can I can top that. But I my uh, my final chubby that I'd like to give out is more of an honorable mention because it didn't actually happen in 2019. <gasps> barely. Just as, barely. I, as I said on our little spreadsheet, fuck the rules. Yeah. <laughs> it's our award show. It's, Tear it we down. can do what we want. Um, Send your complaint emails to yeah. me. One of my favorite unexpected surprises that I did watch in 2019, uh, even though it came out in December 2018. Uh, was a indie movie called Dumplin'. Oh, uh, yeah. Based movie. on the book by Julie Murphy. Based on the book. And um, it is just the simplest little story um, about uh, a, a young girl whose mother runs beauty pageants in the South and is all about that world. Played by Jennifer Aniston. Played right? by Jennifer Aniston, who does a phenomenal job. Um, and the movie is not all about her size necessarily, but it is about beauty expectations, mm-hmm. Um, how she feels and and she sort of has this way the main character does. Uh, she's, you know, a young fat girl. And there's this one specific scene that I will always remember. It just stuck in my head um, where there's a boy who's interested in her, who really 
likes her and is attracted to her and she doesn't understand why. Yeah. And she pushes him back and pushes him back. Um, and finally there's a point in the movie where she's feeling really good about herself and she's sort of building up to this great uh, moment and uh, they have a kiss and it's a magical moment for her. And he puts his hand on her back and the shot is just of her back and his hand there but it's as soon as he touches her and she feels his hand on her body, she has this immediate reaction to it and it, it, it triggers her and, and she has to leave and she has to get out of that moment. And for me, as somebody who loves mm. fat people and loves your body and how you look and how you feel, I understood that moment. And from my perspective, I understood how much of a minefield that is. Um, even if you walk into the date knowing that you're with a chaser and that they like you for who you are, it is, it, it can always go wrong. And that is such a real moment for me. And by mm -hmm. the end of the movie, she does come back and they do have a moment, but it is, it is never said in the movie that he likes her in spite of her size. It's not explicitly says, said that he's attracted to her because of her size, but he does say he's attracted to her and that he, you know, is, yeah, he's attracted like, to her and her size is part of her. Yes, exactly. So it's heavily implied. They don't go quite into the issue of him being an admirer, but it's, it's obvious that he's not saying, well, I like your personality. Like he yeah. tried, he tried, to, they were making out and he tried to touch her. And that was a trigger moment for her. And it's so real. And the rest of the movie is so well done as well. Um, but that was a moment that really just stuck in my head. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, I want to say that chubby chasers are familiar with that sort of encounter, but I think a lot of chubby chasers are oblivious mm. to what mm -hmm. that's like for the fat person and that their body can be a minefield, even though, as you say, they're on a date with someone who appreciates their body. And, and if the chaser is not aware of that, it, it just becomes this awful feedback loop of what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And, mm. and it just disintegrates into bad feelings. Yeah. It's such a weird balance beam. Cause uh, yeah, if somebody grabs me too quickly, then no. If somebody doesn't grab me enough, then <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, well, it's, and it, it's, I mean, central to what I talk about is, you know, what is it like as a chubby chaser to see beauty where other people see ugliness? But then on the other side, what is it like to be a fat person and to be admired and appreciated for something that you may not like or appreciate about yourself? Yeah. And that sets up a, a little a dissonance in relationships. And the journey in the movie for her is that by the end, I think it's the last scene in the movie. She goes back and, you know, they have that cute, awkward hello again. Yeah. And it leaves, it leaves yeah. it there. I've yeah. seen similar movies that have had similar arcs, but this one felt much more honest. And Danielle McDonald is so good. I mean, she just does that role so honestly. She's funny. She's charming. She's charismatic. And uh, I think that's part of what makes it unique is her performance. I also think Jennifer Aniston does a better job than I've seen her do in a long time. Oh, yeah. Well, it gives her something to do besides Pretty Leading Lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so refreshing and, and explore stuff that she doesn't, you know, not her as an actress, but that type. And they, I think they do a really good job of going into a mother who ca genuinely cares about her daughter and loves her, but, and also very misguidedly thinks that she's doing her daughter a favor by pushing her to, you know, look beautiful. Um, and they, they walk that line, I think really well, mm -hmm. like she's not an evil mother and they go into why beauty pageants are important to her. and like that whole part of her psyche and why she's sort of pushing that on her daughter. And it's, it's just a really beautiful, cute, fun, mm -hmm. lovely movie. And, and I have to give a shout out to Julie Murphy, who is always pushing for fat characters in, uh, she does a lot of why stuff. She just did, um, 
a middle grade book about a fat little girl who um and just to remind people julie murphy is the author the author of dumplin dumplin made into the movie yes which uh dumplin also has a companion book puddin uh that's kind of i think it's at the same time from the perspective of her her friend Mm. which may or may not be made into something okay but there's a she has a middle grade book um she's doing a a ya book adaption of uh faith from valiant comics oh is that her yes nice and she is fat and fabulous um i'll put her instagram in the the episode page if you want to check her out awesome well i think that concludes our first ever big fat gay podcast chubby awards good job everybody i'll, I'll insert some applause here. yes yeah and the, and the closing music and the credits are going by faster because we've gone over time <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the awkward thing where we cut it's gonna cut right into the middle of the next podcast you're gonna listen to right <laughs> and the uh, the orchestra's fiddling away madly <laughs> Awesome. Um, so I actually don't know. Do we have a, a bit for the week? I did bring a bit. <gasps> I brought a movie flavored bit. Oh, excellent. Okay. So I went through the list of uh, fat movies, movies that feature fat as a prominent component um, and found some that are very difficult to believe. So I brought them in. I'm going to read them off to you. You can decide if this is a real movie or a fake movie that I've made up. Okay. To so take you out. Okay. 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 So, so like last week, real or fake. Okay. All right. Uh, the biggest reindeer of all, 1971 <laughs> claymation. Bluto, oh, the largest reindeer, is worried that he's too fat to pull Santa's sleigh. The other reindeer play reindeer games to show him that his chubby body might end up saving them all when Christmas is almost canceled because of high winds. Uh, that can't be Only fake. aired twice. That can't be <laughs> the, can't the, be real. The thing is, as we learned last week, as we learned last week, gentlemen, some of these are so outlandish, but yeah. so knowing. You know it's fake because they want to show him that it's okay to be fat and it's the seventies. Oh yeah. That's so. not possible. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That is fact or fake. All right. We know how you work. <laughs> the handsome suit 2008, a fat chef gets a magical suit that turns him into a literal supermodel played by another actor <laughs> in order to earn the love of another female superhero that he had uh, super a- model that he admires. Ouch. In his day-to-day life, he gets to know a chubby co-worker and they grow closer. Hijinks ensue when the suit begins to malfunction. Hmm. That's too clever. <laughs> too clever? That's too I clever. Know. I know I, you. I, I think feel that's like this might real. be a, like, a Korean... Uh, <laughs> there's a couple of weird fat Korean movies, so I almost feel like this might be one of those. I, I say my vote is fake. Got one fake over there, one real over here. Gosh, I'm, it's, I think it's I'm, I'm so gun shy from last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, I'm in this mode of like, anything is anything terrible is possible. <laughs> um, um, hmm. I'm going to, oh gosh. Because uh, it does sound really contraptionistic and like yeah. Japanese Korean. I'm going to say fake. Real. Damn. No. Yes. Chinese, it, it is a okay, Chinese movie it. from Chinese. How do you know these things? There is a genre of. Uh, these weird romance movies with fat suits oh. um where it's i thought that was just me usually <laughs> usually one or both of the romantic leads are in fat suits mm-hmm. and either th- through some magical or supernatural means they aren't fat or they end up becoming fat and it's like a life lesson thing <laughs> wow I, okay. it's my garbage brain <laughs> moving on <laughs> it's <laughs> dungeons and donuts <laughs> 2003 animated 
A princess must help the dragon holding her captive lose weight before the knight coming to slay Fake. him arrives. <laughs> Together, the two learn that love can be love can transcend weight and apparently species. Princess voiced by Sarah Silverman. No, no. cannot be real. No, no I'm, going be real. No. I'm going to say fake. You are all right. Uh, that is fake. <laughs> Thigh Gap, 2016. <laughs> Supermodel is made obese by her fairy godmother until she can find someone who will fall in love with her. At the end, she transforms back by learning to love herself. I based on the title alone. <gasps> yeah, the, the title cannot like, be real. Cannot be real. I mean, on the other hand, that plot that plot is absurdly likely. Like for a Hollywood Ooh, film. Ooh, but this could be another one where it's like another Chinese Korean one where it would get titled Thigh Gap because that's like a Oh, the weird translation. Yeah, because otherwise it would be like so that could be the person the, with the, the local, legs. Yeah, yeah the, that could be the localization. So I I'm going to say this is real. I say fake. We got a real. We got a fake. Dan, <sighs> were you swayed by the argument? I, I, you know, I, I just, I just learned from experience that my husband is always right. <laughs> Trevor <laughs> is even, 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 even when he's not, he's right. But he is eerily right, especially about movie plots. Oh, he is. And this movie plot sounds dreadful enough to be real. And it sounds real, but the title sounds fake. But that's why it makes me think it's a localization thing. (laughs) Because, so I'm going to, I'm saying real, Dan. I I still Uh, say fake. I'm going to go with Trevor real. Okay. All right. Trevor is almost always right. I guess it's a fake movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got one. All right. Fat Buddies. Oh, Jesus. 2019. A martial arts extravaganza where a super cop gains 300 pounds after being shot in the head by a drug lord. (laughs) Oh, what? (laughs) He teams up with an equally portly security guard to take down the crime syndicate that made him fat. Oh, God. God. What? No. no, How did he gain the weight from being shot in the head? Well, no, I think what I'm interested in is how the movie makes it his fault that he gained the weight from being shot in the head. (laughs) I. No, fake. I can't. I'm going with fake. I've got two fakes, Trevor. I'm going to say fake only because the fact that it specifies 300 pounds seems like if it were, if it were just, he got fat, but they say 300 pounds, I'm going to say fake. Yeah. Cause they would, cause in Hollywood, like he gained 50 pounds. All right. We got three fakes. Yeah. The movie is real. Chinese movie from last year. He is a. The shot to the head does uh, intracranial hypothalamus damage. Which makes him gain not only 300 pounds, but also narcolepsy. <laughs> oh, all oh, right. Because fat people are lazy. Yep. Right. Yeah. How? Disfigured 2008. A fat acceptance advocate tries to learn how to become bulimic from a bulimic <gasps> when the man she loves decides to get gastric bypass surgery. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, I'm going to say real on that one. I'm going to say fake just because it's a li- like it's so close to being too offensive to be true. But 2008. Yeah, but hmm, I'm going to say fake. This this hurts. This is terrible. <laughs> we got two fakes. I I still got it. Dan's just crying. Dan's <laughs> I'm just crying now. This is terrible. Um, I don't even know. I don't want to play anymore. I don't want to play anymore. It's too cruel. <laughs> I'm in the Kellogg world, even though I was wrong last week, but or two weeks ago, the Kellogg world of like, it's just are cruel you, enough are, to be real. Are you kidding? That sounds like a rainbow belt now <laughs> with all these horrible movies. Um, uh, Fake. Real made for uh-huh. TV movie 2008. Wait, no, I don't win there. Yeah, that's not. It's <laughs> not a good thing. Okay, last one. All right. Chewing the fat, 1995. Oh. A chubby high school student learns to cook magic cookies that make whoever eats them thin and attractive, and becomes wildly popular. 
ends with her reversing the recipe and feeding the make you fat cookies to the entire school in order to teach them a lesson. Mm. I'm going to say fake because ah. that sounds like a little too advanced for 1995. I'm going to say fake only because I don't think they would have had for a movie this small. I don't think they would have had the budget to get a bunch to recast a bunch of fat people or like to do that many fat suits. Yeah. Not if they, you're, you're assuming they did them well. Well, no, but I'm thinking even just like, I don't know if it was, they bad. put them in Pillows like, and pajamas. They put them in like snow pants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say fake. Fake. I, I'm going to say real just to be a contrarian. Okay. Fake. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ah, this is it. a special bonus round question. Okay. This was actually a relatively popular movie way back when plus sized woman finds out it's easy to find love. If she just moves to Nigeria or she'll be a hot commodity. When is this from 2006? Are you, are you withholding the title or, uh, the, the title is called fat girls, uh, spelled P H and ending with a Z. Oh, oh. that's what that movie was about. <laughs> I'm going to go with real. It's it's real. I didn't, I never knew what the movie was about. Yep. It's Monique, right? It is Monique. <laughs> this is a Monique, Monique vehicle. She moves Ooh. to Nigeria. Uh, she I just hold on. I, I mean, I, I'm just like, I guess I'm shocked that like, that's okay. Yeah. But again, I mean, this I, the cross section shows what we've been dealing with over years. This <laughs> mm-hmm. is the reason why whenever I see fat as a function in a film, I get nervous. So that's why we've got the chubbies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> This is what makes uh, the chubbies important in this day and age. Yes, we're, we are so important. <laughs> none of the movies I've listed, none of the movies I've listed would make the chubbies. No. Well, I, I do have a tip, which I guess will be like, this is one of those awards that is given out during the commercials. Oh, okay. So I guess this would be a chubby for, um, the technical our, chubbies. Yes. The technical chubbies. <laughs> and it, it's appropriate because it is the bidet attachment. We have <gasps> yes. our oh. toilet, which, uh, me and some friends and Dan all went to an Airbnb for my birthday last year and they had these on every toilet. And I was scared to use it at first. Cause I'm like, this is new. This is different. And I don't want to, you didn't want to geyser up your butt going home. <laughs> I, after the second day of having this bidet attachment at the, at the Airbnb, I am like, I no longer wish to be a savage. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered, I woke up one morning and I'm like, I am ordering these but they attach one. So when I get home, no, no, you, you ordered one. them for every toilet in the house. Yes. <laughs> um, I have thought about giving them as housewarming gifts to people, but I, it's kind of like a, a bold thing to be like here. I was thinking I of your ass here. I want you to think of me every time you have water blasted up your ass. Does it warm up the water? There are ones that warm up the water. You can get very sophisticated. Um, ours don't. The first couple times you are like, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> that'll wake you up in the morning yeah um but you, you get i mean it's you don't really need it warm i mean You're, it's what the world's been using for everyone yeah. else has been using forever um and i i, I gotta say as, as you know if you're of a certain size and you need such an accommodation it is a life changer uh and just for someone like me it's really handy and you save so much toilet paper mm. and also just i think everyone should i mean there's a reason that most of europe has bidets because it's oh my god a clean Butthole can change your day. It's, Does it have a bleaching attachment? We have we that are in Hollywood. Does it have a bleaching now attachment? Now you're making me have to consider whether or not talking about clean buttholes makes this particular episode explicit or not for iTunes. I like, think if it, I don't. I, does think, your butthole ever feel not so fresh? You ever I, feel, <laughs> do you ever feel? Do you ever feel? Do you ever feel not so fresh <laughs> down there in your butthole? <laughs> I feel like we should have tea between us while we're talking about this. <laughs> An eating activity, yogurt. <sighs> 
I can ride a bike again. <laughs> do they make anyway, it? For, do they make it for bikes? No, there's no bike bike day. <laughs> Come on, the name just rolls off the tongue. Yes. It needs to be made. Well, I think that's our show <laughs> yeah. for this week. I think you're right. Um, but I will. Uh, I'll, but I'll, you I'll, will. Yes, but uh, no, I will link to the um, the one we own. There are so many different varieties. I feel like the bidet attachments are going to kind of be the new um mattress thing where everyone's going to have their own little bidet startup like there's purple uh oh yeah okay uh, you know that there will be like the bidet version of that especially words. especially marketing to um to heavy people what would the bidet, bidet version of that be the bidet brown uh, okay we're done. gonna get out yeah that's right i went there get the fuck out <laughs> yeah. i'm um, head now so trevor would you like to Give us yes. our social media info before we over- in this voice. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> before we oversay our welcomes. Yes. Once again, we are on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We are on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Our website is www.bigfatgaypod.com. You can email us, bigfatgaypod at gmail.com. Please send us your Valentine's mm. questions. Yep. We've gotten some great ones so far. Um, I'm going to continue to remind people to do it. Yep. This um, is your last chance. Yes. You get... Well, a, your last reminder. Yeah. Your last reminder. We are going to be recording pretty close to launch date for that episode. So you do yeah. have some time after this, but get them in if you uh, if you have anything that pops into mind. We've gotten some good ones, but... Uh, but sorry, but... <laughs> no, it's but, in mind. And if you're but, listening... But, but. Shut up. If you're listening in the car, there's yes. someone behind you. And it's a butt. Look out. Look out.